On this episode, I talk about Navy SEALs, swagging products, and what would happen if all 420 of these people quit. You ask questions, and I answer them. This is the Ask Gary V Show. It's Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 48 of the Ask Gary V Show. Before we get into today's show, just want to talk about glorious things on this Monday. I hope all of you had a tremendous Thanksgiving week. I've decided, guys, that Thanksgiving week is now my favorite week of the year, meaning it really has become Thanksgiving week. By Tuesday late afternoon, people were pretty checked out. And I just had an amazing Thanksgiving at my parents in Hunterdon County. Uh, stopped by the wine library a bunch. I'm definitely, I tw- did you see I tweeted, got the wine bug again? I've got the wine bug. Actually, let's go right into a right hook. It's Cyber Monday. If you're capturing this in time, let's link it. I guess you can't link it here because it goes to wine library, but in the comments section, we have a sick deal. Check that out. Let's link the wine library Cyber Monday deal. It's $110 wine for 40 bucks. So for all of you looking for gifts and stuff like that or for yourself. Um, yeah, so I'm getting a very itchy about the wine library, a bunch of you saw the Pappy uh, photo. Let's put that up, take over the, my little Pappy photo uh, at Wine Library. So that's been fun for me and then just enormous time with the family, uh, all the grandkids from my mom and dad Wednesday through Sunday and then tonight the Jets play the hated Dolphins. Uh, I'm excited about that so I'll be going to that Monday night game and uh, let's get into the show. Blue Stripe Creative asks, how much if any time should be spent on your competition? Or should you just be focused on making your own path? Blue Stripe, I'm super pumped you asked this question because I was talking with my dad all weekend about Wine Library and with that bug and I reminded him and, and AJ was there to kind of talk about what I've done with Vayner over the last three months. I literally spend Robert Parrish double zero on my competition. I could care less. I spend all my time on people, my team, where we're going. You know, do I know what the competition's doing? At some level, a little bit, contextually, but I never go deep. It's all headline reading. I know who's making some buzz and some noise, uh, but I, I gotta tell you, I truly believe that the biggest mistake so many companies and entrepreneurs make is looking around them. We've talked about looking back, seeing who's behind you. You know, I just don't do those things. It's full steam ahead. I feel like if I take care of my domain, I win. As a matter of fact, I also do it as a little raz, as a little sizzler. Like, people are pissed. My competitors are mad when they meet me in in social settings, and I'm very cordial, I'm a good guy, even though I want to slice their neck, uh, you know, in a business sense, not real life. Uh, They actually, if they speak to me for five or 10 minutes, somewhere in that 10 minutes realize I don't know what they're up to, and it kind of hurts them. I find it to be a competitive advantage. Uh, I, uh, I really find not paying attention to your competitor as a competitive advantage in a world where many of you are watching this right now and think it's a weakness to not know what's going on, I'm a flip. I'm a flip, my friends. I'm a flip. Jamie asks, who would you recommend pitching an app idea to? What steps would you recommend? Jamie, this is an awkward question. Let's get an awkward alert here. Um, I don't know what you're going to come up with, guys, but I'm excited to see it. You know, so on my awkward alert, I mean, I don't even know what this means. I mean, this is such a basic question. I don't know why Steve loves this. He was like, I love this question. I don't love this question. Meaning, I don't know, who do you recommend pitching an app to? 
Well, first, if you need money, you pitch it to money people, angel investors, VCs. If you need press to get awareness because now you're out, you pitch it to the media and, and, and press opportunities, influencers. Um, Listen, we know how much I love the reverse engineer thing. Actually, I want to make this a crazy link-up episode. Link, don't we have like four? This is going to take you a while to get up, D-Rock. The Cyber Monday wine is going to be completely sold out <laughs> by the time this episode gets up. Let's put up the reverse engineer hoodie specifically because that's the one I rock uh, to the page. You know, you, rever- you know, who do you pitch it to? Whoever you need at that moment. Everything you do in business life needs to be really strategic, meaning it's gotta make sense. When you're, you know, who do you pitch an app to? Uh, You have an idea, but you can't code or create an app for crap, so you need to pitch a co-founder or a dev shop that you don't want to charge you a lot of money to actually build it. Then you need money, I already answered that. Then you need to get it out there, I already answered that. Then you need to sell it, so then you pitch your app to a strategic buyer. This is a very, very, and I don't, I don't want to pick on you. This is more, it, it, show Steve. This is more, more on, more on. Can I defend myself? Yes. Okay. You, you were just on Seth Meyers because you invested in Delectable. Yeah. So if somebody thinks, well, gee, I have a really cool app idea. Gary invests in apps. I think that would be why they would ask the question, right? Like, how did, how did Delectable come to your attention? Uh, a VC pitched Phil, who vets my deals. It's obviously in the wine space, so it came with context. Steve is saving himself and it's pissing me off. So I'll answer this. It's very strategic to understand one's history to predict their future. Obviously coming from the wine world made me more susceptible to be interested in delectable. So that's the real answer. Hey Gary V, Scott Wasoski here, CEO and co-founder of Campus Pursuit. I run a college marketing business and I wanted to ask you about niche marketing. In Wine Library, did you market to um, people interested in wine or yes. specific niches within the wine buying community? Yes. The answer is yes and yes. Uh, one thing in marketing that I'm a very big fan of is broad and narrow. Uh, tanks and bombers and Navy SEALs. There's a purpose for both. So we marketed to wine lovers, then we focused on burgundy lovers, and especially when SEO came along and email segmentation in the early 2000s, you know, we were buying keywords on not just wine. I always famously talk about owning wine. What I don't talk about is what happened the next year. Cabernet Sauvignon, Silver Oak, Burgundy, Chateauneuf de Pop. So we started going narrow, all of us who've ever done any SEM know about the long tail. That's where all the magic happened once there was supply and demand. It's happening in social now. Long tail. Uh, and so, uh, the answer is yes and yes. You've gotta, you've gotta really recognize the tactic dictates, oh, look at that, I didn't have this off. The tactic um, really dictates the purpose. Uh, but you've always gotta go broad and narrow to have a complete picture, in my opinion. And so, we, we did both, and, and I continue to do both, you know, and I will always do both, because they all have a mission at hand. There's a reason the US government military has Navy SEALs and Green Berets, because sometimes you can't just go big, you've gotta go narrow, niche, surgical. Uh, Facebook dark post, 18 to 55 year old males, because you're selling some male thing, and then 18 to 19 year olds in Texas who like the rodeo and wine. Got it? Both. 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 Rook asks, what would you do when all of the 420 wonderful, amazing people quit VaynerMedia? Rook, that's good work. I like this question a lot. As a matter of fact, if we can figure it out, let's clip right now to the moment where I kind of ranted. I know DRock, four hours edited.
I want to, the right, the right word in that question is ordinary person, right? Was it an ordinary person? Yeah, and I think that's the interesting part of your question, which is this whole notion that pisses me off that I don't believe that the far majority of people right now who claim that they are entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. You know, I don't get the claim that I'm an NFL quarterback and then I just am one and that's what's happening, right? A lot of people that don't have the skills, you put that word ordinary in for a very specific reason and it's the reason I want to rant on this which is the ordinary person, AKA the person that's not meant to run a business can probably only handle one punch, right? I mean like that's just what it comes down to. You know what my answer is? Unlimited. You can punch me in the face 8,000 times. I'm here to get punched, right? Like, you know, I really do think of it like a UFC or a boxer. Like, have you ever watched a UFC or boxing match and literally watched and thought to yourself, holy crap, if I took one of those punches, I'd be in a coma for the rest of my life. They're meant to be in the octagon. I am not. On the flip side, you show me a world where all 420 of these wonderful, amazing people quit VaynerMedia and I know exactly what to do the next day. That's how I roll. Those are the punches I can handle. Top 10 clients quit, cool. Can't ship to a state at Wine Library anymore, cool. Like I can handle unlimited punches because I'm purebred 100% entrepreneur. And so from me to the person that is a wannabe-preneur who first punch in is like, eh, I'm gonna go get a job. From there, everybody fits somewhere in between that and that's your answer. All right, so obviously I put myself out there and I said that I was going to be able to handle it, no problem, punch me, I can handle it. Uh, First thing I would do is take a step back and wonder, what the hell just happened? (laughs) Why did that happen? But theoretically, if it was in a positive standpoint, what I would do is I would take advantage of everything I've learned for the last five years and I would decide do I want to build back up VaynerMedia or do I want to do something else? And what I mean by that, and this is why this is going to go a little bit deeper philosophically, I would not make an emotional decision. If it happened in a way that hurt my feelings, I wouldn't go the route of I'll show them, even though that's what I referred to in the last episode, and then go out and rebuild it and start over. Now I may want to do that to stick it back and show that I could do it, but one of the things I take enormous pride in is that I, I am capable of taking a step back and not making the emotional decision. And so I, the first, this is the real answer, Rook. What I would do is I would say, okay, what do I want to do now? Do I want to go and rebuild VaynerMedia? Uh, do I, uh, I probably call it Chuck Media, C-H-U-K, just to get the heebie-jeebies out of the 420 leaving. Um, or is there something else on my plate that I've learned from now? Do I, you know, I would just be reacting to, uh, to the best opportunity for my time, getting close to 40, want to buy the Jets, what's the best use of my time? Um, if I was to rebuild all over again, uh, I feel very confident that I could do it. It's just how I feel. Sean asks, how do you instill soul and swagger into a physical product you create? Sean, this question is phenomenal for so many reasons. One, uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving I met with a bunch of new employees at VaynerMedia and so many of them talked about this notion of loving it here three months in, because that's usually when I see somebody two, three months in, uh, they're blown away by how competitive and great everybody is, but not at the expense of others. Whereas every other agency they work, you know, you're killing each other politically to move up. You're like climbing the dead bodies to the top and they're caught off guard by, they're caught off guard by what we have here. And you know, my answer to them is everything stems from the top. Um, And I really believe that. 
I, I've said four or five times on this show, everything that is wrong at VaynerMedia is 100% my fault because I'm the guy. And I'm empowering Steve if things are screwed up or anybody else behind me. And so I, I have a very big belief in what I'm about to say, which is products take the byproduct of its leader. So if she has got swag and flavor, then her product is gonna have swag and flavor. I truly believe that physical products, right, that physical products take the personality of the people that are dictating it, that literally, in essence, the soul, the swag, the vibe, the DNA is extracted out of the person and put into the product. And I've seen it a hundred times because I think when you pay attention, a lot of brands change in ebb and flow and a lot of times that coincides with the CEO, the CMO, the people really dictating uh, the product's course. You're making decisions. Humans are the variable. This doesn't come alive. It's the people behind it that instill that. And so the answer to your question is the humans behind the product dictate its outcome, period. End of story. I truly, truly, truly believe in that. Question of the day. I'm gonna ask Steve to ask the question of the day. (laughs) How was your Thanksgiving? That was very sweet. (laughs) You keep asking questions, I'll keep answering them. By the way, quick little question of the day. Give me your uh, Jets Dolphins prediction. If you're right, You can get drunk.